and welcome to the To Mom podcast. My name is Valerie Propsfeld. Please join me as we encourage mothers to live their verb while also practicing self-grace. The goal of this podcast is to promote love as an action and live life more authentically. Just think about it. In five generations from now, you will have approximately 30 descendants and the number keeps getting larger and larger. We have more power as moms than we realize. Motherhood, in my opinion, is the most important job in the world. Hey everybody, I am thrilled to have my guest here with me today, Paula. Paula helps women to prevent and overcome burnout by combining mindfulness and science-backed methods so that they can have energy to live life to the fullest. Welcome, Paula. I am so glad to have you here on the podcast with me today. Hi, Valerie. It is so exciting to be here today. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being here. Paula, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, So you already said a a great introduction. Um, What I can add is that I have personally recovered from a cycle of recurring burnouts and not only have found inner peace, but also live my life to the full without fear of ever burning out or getting overwhelmed. And I predominantly work with neurodivergent women. I'm neurodivergent myself. Um, although not, not all my clients are neurodivergent, some, some of them aren't. And in my work, I combine my own experience uh, in, in burnout with a background in psychology and yoga and 18 years of mindfulness practices. I have now developed a unique system that beats and prevents burnout by using a combination of science proven and mindfulness tools. Wow, that's amazing. I mean, I feel like it's so helpful to talk about burnout because as women and as men, um, like we, it just a part of life sometimes we get stuck in a rut and if it's not truly what we're aligned to do or what we're put on this earth to do, I feel like, which we, that's always a discovery that takes many years sometimes to, um, to reveal itself that it is um, so easy to be burned out. I know I've also had some burnout and I'm so glad that you're coaching others and helping others with that. When you say neurodivergent, what do you mean by neurodivergent? I feel like maybe that could be me as well. (laughs) Sure, so that's a great question. Thank you for asking. Uh, So neurodivergent is an umbrella term that includes people with uh, autistic spectrum disorder, ADHD, dyslexia, dyspraxia, epilepsy, Tourette syndrome. Um, Some people also include highly sensitive people under the neurodivergent umbrella. So if if we um, include neurodivergent people, so even up to 30% of the population is, is neurodivergent, which means that these are people who think differently, perceive the world differently, just have, have a different per- perception, different experience of, of the world of life. And mm. they also have a unique strengths, unique talents. Uh, they, they can bring a unique you to the table as well as they have, um, you know, some challenges uh, that other people might not um, consider or understand. Mm. 
Yeah, that's and it is so many people like that. That's interesting to know. It's thirty percent of the population. Yes, yes. If we include highly sensitive people, if we don't include highly sensitive people, it's um, unclear because so many are undiagnosed. But the estimate yeah. is something between five and fifteen percent. So you definitely will have some in in your environment. You definitely know some. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. I, that makes a lot of sense. I know sometimes like I'll get too stimulated by too much stuff or like have ADHD or ADD or like, it's just hard to sit still. Like I always want to go somewhere and do something else. My mind's always running, I feel like. And that's where mindfulness for me can help a little bit. And I know we'll talk more about mindfulness, but, um, but yeah, that's, that's very helpful to know. Now, Paula, um, you have on your social media accounts, I've noticed you write articles about a bunch of topics, which I find really interesting. Um, You know, one of them that I just noticed was uh, the difference between burnout and depression. Like, how can you tell the difference if you're depressed versus just burnt out? Um, great question. So it is very difficult to tell the difference. Even um, mental health professionals, psychiatrists can't always notice the difference. Um, From a science perspective, depression, clinical depression is, uh, is a diagnosis. It is a mental illness. It has a diagnostic criteria. You, You go through the process, you get a diagnosis, you can get medication or treatment. Um, burnout, however, is not a diagnosis. It is, has now been included into international classification of diseases, but it's more like a phenomenon. It doesn't really have, you don't really get diagnosed with burnout. It's more like, mm. well, okay, it happened to you, like, go rest it out kind of thing. But mm. that's, this doesn't work like that, unfortunately. But yeah, from, from science medical perspective, it's like that. Um, from my own perspective, the way I like to explain is, in, in short, is depression is when you don't want to do anything. Mm. And burnout is when you want to do nothing. Okay. Can you see the difference? So basically depression is, uh, well, there's a lot of things that happen in depression, you know, but basically it's like when, when you are feeling stuck and, and you just, you know, have low mood and you basically don't want to do anything. Nothing excites you, nothing interests mm. you. You just want to climb into a hole and wait out until it passes. Mm. Um, so that's why I say in depression, you don't want to do anything. Mm-hmm. In burnout, you will feel tired. You will feel like the most things you don't want to do, but there might be some things that you will want to do. You mm. might want to do some things that are restful, some things that are um, calming. You might want to just like sit on the bench and look at the trees and, and listen to the birds chirping. You might want to um, maybe watch some TV. You might want to maybe talk to a friend, do some things that are restful. So, um, or what I say is when you are burnt out, you want to do nothing. Actually, mm. when I was burnt out, doing nothing excited me. I thought like, oh my God, if I can just have this weekend off and just lie on the grass and look at the trees, I would be so happy. Yeah. (laughs) And this is how I knew that I'm not depressed because there are things that excite me. There are things that I I enjoy. Mm. There are things that I want to do. They are just things that are like nothing, you know, really want to do nothing. (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I'm glad that you explain it that way because it is like depression is like, yeah, nothing 
seems to get you going. Like you're just Mm -hmm. stuck and like don't know, kind of don't have energy for anything. But with burnout, you have energy to do something totally different than what you're doing now, it sounds like. Yeah, I mean, in burnout, you also might not have any energy and might not have any inspiration to do anything. You know, you Uh you might also feel like low mood. It's, It's similar. But okay. with burnout, you might you might feel like you know what I I would quite like to just sit on the bench and look at the mm-hmm. trees all day, and with yeah. depression, you would be like no I would, I wouldn't even want to go outside. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to do the things you normally would like want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, that makes sense. So not necessarily energy, but something may pique your interest mm-hmm. of yeah going and sitting on the bench, piquing your interest of just. I don't know, sometimes I feel like I just want to stare at a wall because there's just so much going on. Exactly, like, I just exactly. want to stare at a wall right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Which and probably that, I should... Oh, sorry. Yeah, I mean, there is a lot of overlap. They might look very, very similar. And, uh, you know, some people with burnout might also have days where they don't want to do anything and that's okay. But there is there is like um, a very thin line because when you are burnt out and if you are in burnout for, for a while, you might actually slip into de- depression. Mm, that's a good point. Yeah, because they do kind of, it is a like a, a fine line sometimes with overlapping symptoms. And um, yeah, and if you, I mean, as always, like if you have any, um, you know, concerned about depression or, or burnout or whatever it is, like I always say, like it's helpful to talk with, touch base with your doctor, but it's good to know that like if it is burnout, that there's burnout and stress coaches like you out there that can help kind of regain that spark or, or find that spark. Um, yes. Can you talk with us? I noticed you talk a lot about self-love and self-compassion. And I just love that topic. I can talk about it so much yeah. with people. And I, um, I would love to hear your thoughts on all of that. Um, yeah. So actually, this was one of the things that helped me one of the major things that helped me in my recovery and it sounds very very kind of wishy-washy what that even is like you love yourself but um as an example you know um i i I wrote an article i think about uh, radical self-love so basically (laughs) what i mean is that um for example you you might get away with just having two hours child child free right if you need to do something but you just go all in and ask for a, the whole day, kids free, so mm. that you won't, not, not only get your things done, you get other things done, and you get some rest, and you really come back fully to yourself uh, and come back to your family really in, inspired and rested and motivated. So this is what I mean of radical self love or radical self care is when you really you can um, you you really t- do the the best you can for yourself. Because I think us as women, we are so used to just live life for others, you know, to self-sacrifice all, all the time, to just do the absolute minimum we can for mm. ourselves and to always just care for others. And radical self-love is that that um, kind of attitude or, or, or that um, mindset when you really do take reckless uh, demands and, and requests for yourself because you know after all like if you if you take care of yourself well you can then take care of others well mm. that's such a good point 
Yeah, um, it's um, it's just an example with the kids, but it can be about anything, you know. Oh, I could do with just like uh, you know having a massage twice a year, but I'll I'll, I'll do it every month, you know, because I deserve it. Yeah. And it's uh, it really switches, it really changes your relationship to yourself because you really show yourself that you care about yourself and you deserve the best and uh, you really can have the best and you really um, you really th- start having different relationship with yourself. You start respecting yourself more and then others start respecting you your more. Mm. It's like the energy, the vibe that you give off. Like if mm. you're taking care of yourself, allowing yourself to get your own needs, then it will inspire others and reflect that. I love that. Yeah. yeah. And when you are fully rested and taken care of, then you can again take care of others better. You can do, absolutely do your best with, with your kids, with your household, with your partner. Absolutely. You yeah. I it reminds me, um Kristen Smith, one of my uh previous guests had said um that if your cup is overflowing like you have to fill mm-hmm. your own cup up first, yeah. And then when it overflows, that's yeah. where others will receive that overflowing. Yeah. Um, exactly. I love that. And I know you said you just got a massage this morning, right? <laughs> yes. So there yes, you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I, I came up with this example because this is why I'm doing it as well. Like you know, because my friend is is my masseuse. And she says, you know what? I can feel your body needs more. And I said, you know what? Let's do more. I'll come more often. Tell me when I need to come next. I'll do that for myself. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. I, for me, I love um, getting out in nature and we can, you know, talk about that and mindfulness as well. But for me, I think that that fills my cup up to like get outside. And so I did that yesterday with a friend and um, it was great. Like we saw all the changing colors of the trees and just saw a bunch of animals and we were just really in, I don't know, it put us both in a good mood where like there could still be, there's still life and there's still frustration about, you know, whatever that is, whatever you have to deal with your stress, but it's okay. Like it puts you in a different perspective of, you know, like, like it's a, I don't know. I, I, I just love being alive and in this, in this world. And, you know, if that's like seeing myself in nature or getting like that self-care of, of like having that cup of coffee for yourself and like feeling the, the feel of a warm cup on your hands or like the massage, all of that can help us with that self-love and helping others, like you're saying. Um, So let's, uh, can we talk a bit about like mindfulness versus meditation? Like I know that like I kind of struggle, especially like with my attention issues sometimes with meditating like it's hard for me to sit still mm-hmm. is there like is that the same mindfulness and meditation or is that different and can you talk with us about you know, uh, the different aspects of those two yeah sure so um meditation is just one aspect of mindfulness mindfulness um the way i like to explain it is um 
it's just, you know, we all have our stress and our work in, in our life and we all need some time to switch off, to come back to ourselves. And we all do it in different ways. You know, some people meditate, some people go walk in nature, some people go for a run, some people scroll on their phone, some people drink alcohol. <laughs> Everyone does different things. And um, it's absolutely fine. Like if, if it works for you, it's great. You know, whatever it is that you do to take care of yourself, to reconnect with yourself, to relax, to switch off stress, it's, it's absolutely fine if it works for you. And mindfulness is really about understanding how it works for you and if it works for you. You know, there's nothing wrong with, I don't know, scrolling for 15 minutes at the end of the day if that helps you to switch off and relax. But it becomes a problem if it turns into two, three hours and then it spoils your vision and your posture mm. and then you cannot sleep well. So, you know, then it kind of does the job of, of switch to, to switch you off or, and to relax. But at the same time, it, it brings other problems. The same, for example, with alcohol, right? It might help you in, in a moment to, to relax, but if you drink too much and then you feel bad the next morning, then your, your liver suffers, etc. So again, it might not be it might not be the best or maybe just a wine of glass is okay some people say some people say it might not be so basically mindfulness is just understanding really what works for you and what doesn't and and how you know it's really about being intentional about um what you do how you do how you treat your body how you treat your mind how you take care of yourself mm. is really understanding what works what doesn't and, and how different things affect you so that you can choose the best routine for yourself and uh, meditation is, is one of the tools, of course. Um, one thing about meditation is, is, is that I, what that I like to say is that there are different types of meditation. Um, the you know some some people like that guided meditation, some people like mindfulness meditation, some people like maybe for yourself you would like to try active meditation where there's a lot of shaking and coming into your body, uh, a lot of movement, so you don't have to sit still. Um, but um, uh, meditation is important to understand that some people think that it's really about like sitting still and not thinking anything and then it's uh, it <laughs> it can be frustrating because it's impossible to not think anything um, mm -hmm. but really it's not it's not about that it's really about bringing awareness to your own thought processes and to your emotional patterns um, and once you become more aware of those things, then you can um, then take care of them better. And that in turn reduces your stress and brings you calmness. So um, it's not, not about just not thinking anything. It's just going through different processes and, and different ways of calming yourself, coming back to yourself, understanding yourself. Better. Hmm. I love that. That, that makes perfect sense is I, I feel like when I am anxious or stressed, like sometimes I can feel like my heart rate increasing or, or my palms being sweaty and just bringing awareness to that can help my mind like just kind of do a different pathway for a minute or not even a minute sometimes if I'm really stressed, but just kind of bringing awareness to it is there is that calming aspect of it. Like I, I, um, I think that is so helpful just to, you know, and some people will say, um, and I don't know, Paula, if you have any thoughts about like cold water, like, is that, is there an aspect of that, like putting cold water on your face or is that helpful during times of stress? 
Some people find it helpful. Yes. Okay. I haven't tried it. I just keep hearing about it. Some people find it helpful if if you if you know if it depends on the type of person and type of body. Like some some people get very hot and sweat sweaty when mm. when they are stressed, and uh, it really helps them to you know if they cool their arms, cool their face, back of the neck. Actually, when you have a headache, it's really helpful to cool the back of your of your neck. Um, it, it depends how, how your state of body is. Like some people I know myself, like I tend to be cold all the time. Mm. So if, if it's winter and I'm cold and I'm stressed and if I make myself even colder, I'll be even more stressed. Yeah, that's <laughs> it true. It will not help me. Yeah. But, um, you know, if you live in a hot climate or if you tend to run hot, it, it might be helpful for you. You know, try try once and find out. <laughs> yeah. I would say. And let us I know. Mean, yeah, there is there is definitely there is some science behind it, but it, it, it can be helpful. It's just, you know, it, it's it's a question if it's helpful for you. Yes. Or, or yes. in a particular situation. Yes. I think that is so important. Everyone is so different. Like what works for me may not work for you and, and vice versa. And just being aware of that. And um, sometimes for me, like writing like a diary, like that's more so like with eating and stuff. Like if I, I'll like kind of take note, did I feel good if I ate, you know, this certain food or how did I feel after eating this? Um, so yeah, just knowing what works for you. And sometimes that's trial and error. Yeah, and you know one thing. One thing that works for everyone, as as soon as as much as as I know, is um, when when you are stressed, when your body is in stress response, if you focus on a long, slow, soft exhale, mm. that that is really helpful because um, when you are stressed, people often say, "Oh, you know, calm down, take deep breaths," but um, actually, if you are then taking deep breaths, like doing fast inhales, then the inhale actually activates your stress response even more. So what mm. you need to do, yes, like in, inhale, but inhale slowly and into your stomach if you can. And then really focus on a longer and deeper and slower e- exhale, like really soft, like like blowing soap bubbles, you know, that sort of exhale, like very soft, slow, long exhale. And if you do a few of those exhales, you will find that your body is relaxing, it's calming down because exhale is um, related to the, um, the rest and relax, the rest and digest uh, part of the nervous system while, while inhale is uh, related to um, the stress response, the fight or flight mm. response. So the, the, focusing on the exhale is just something that um, physiologically just works to, to calm down. That's really interesting. I never heard it explained that way, Paula, and I love that. I'm going to remember that because mm. um, people will say, well, let's try deep breathing. And I'm like, I've tried it. <laughs> like, it doesn't really work for me, but I haven't thought of it as the inspiration aspect that activates or not or um, continues that like fight or flight response. Yeah, yeah and yeah. the exhaling yeah. activates, you know. And, and we talk a bit about that of like the fight or flight, but I don't know if I've really touched base on yeah, like the digestive, mm-hmm. the rest. It's called like that parasympathetic response, the sympathetic yes. response versus the parasympathetic. And I can kind of nerd out to all of that stuff. But I, um, but it really all we need to know is that it's the opposite, right? I mean, it helps promote 
resting as opposed to running and fighting. That is so inhaling can continue that and exhaling promotes resting. I I'll remember that. Yes, that's that's very um, very important. Um, that that difference. I mean, you still have to inhale to exhale. Sure. Like you, you need yeah. to do both. <laughs> That'd be interesting. You don't, <laughs> you don't want the people people to run out of breath. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you need to do both, but you need to make sure that the exhale is longer than the inhale. Mm. Longer, and you, slower. And, and you said more from your stomach as opposed to like your diaphragm. Yes, yes. I mean, if you can do stomach breathing, it's always better for you. I mean, ideally, we should do stomach breathing all the time, every time, always. Mm. We should breathe. I know. Oh, sorry. Um, we should always breathe from our stomach. It, it's it's the healthy, natural breath that we should always have. If if you don't breathe it into your stomach, if you're breathing in the middle chest or upper chest, that's already like a stress response. Hmm. That's interesting. Like that ties it into um, like I I played the flute and I used to do it a lot in college. And um, one of my professors, I have an earlier episode uh, where she talks about like musicians and how their bodies are. And I remember her talking a lot about that breathing. Where is your breathing coming from? Because you need those full breaths to like express music and continue that line going. But it is helpful, like just with day-to-day stuff like you're saying like how breathing being cognizant of where how we're breathing how our posture is because posture and breathing i mean does it seem like when you're sitting up in certain ways does that help with breathing like if i'm slouched versus sitting up straight yeah of course if you're slouched it's it's harder to breathe into the stomach or almost impossible Mm. I feel like sometimes I need to be aware of my body language. Like when I'm stressed, I tend to kind of contract a bit, but kind of doing more of that expansive pose, which I talk a lot about like with pride, self-pride, you want to expand. But even just being aware of like that openness and then visualizing the openness that way too. Wow, that's that's very helpful. I mean, Paula – I can talk with you all day about all of this. I mean, what tell us about the services you provide and the things that you can do for clients and like how we can reach out to you um, if we want to learn more about our stress or burnout. Sure. So, um, yes, what, what I do is, is I help uh, women to recover or prevent burnout. And... Uh, my services is is really just coaching um i do one-to-one coaching privately um and i also am about to launch the group program although in the group program is still a lot of one-on-one work there is there is like pre-recorded lessons there is um group calls and there is still a lot of one-on-one work so um my program is um is really based on um, going through different layers of burnout. We haven't really talked about it, but I'll mm. mention it now. Yeah, man. So, yeah, please do. Um, yeah, so a, a lot of people think that burnout is just like you work too much, you burnt out, then you need to rest and you'll recover. But it's not like that. I mean, for some people it might work like that, but a lot of people that I work with, it doesn't work like that. Like they, after resting, they might not even recover or some of them, they get a bit better. 
but they're still not fully uh, fully well or you know resting and taking time off is a few months is not even possible for everyone you know some people need to continue working pay their bills some people have you know children to look after that they can't really take a few months of being mm-hmm. a mom <laughs> and um yeah so basically uh burnout is not just too much work it's there's there's more layers um in in burnout and um, what I do in, in my program is we go through all the layers and we make sure to remove the deeper root causes of burnout because, um, you know, too much work is just, you know, it's a symptom. It's, it's, um, it's a, a surface layer thing, really, mm. that in, there, are, there are deeper things underneath that that we need to resolve if we want to recover from burnout mm. completely and to prevent it in the future. So in my program, we go through all, all those layers. We make sure that uh, we understand where, where everything is coming from. We remove those um, root causes and we pave the way to healthier mindset and lifestyle. Mm. Um, I wonder if there is prob- it's probably interesting for people to <laughs> mention a bit what, what those layers are. So um, I, I won't be able to go into all of them here, but just to mention just some examples. So for example, if you are um, perfectionist or if you are workaholic, you will be burning out like no matter what the circumstances are. Like I myself mm. was one of them. I am a recovering perfectionist and uh, definitely was a workaholic. And uh, I worked in amazing jobs. I, I loved my job. I loved my careers, all, all of them. And I had amazing bosses. I had, I had amazing uh, colleagues. And I still burnt out. You know, it's, it's, not about, mm. it's not just about the environment or having a toxic boss or whatever. I, 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 was, I was in an amazing environment and I still burnt out. And that's because I was a workaholic. I was a perfectionist. I was pushing myself too hard. I was... Uh, doing that to to get validation or acceptance or, or things from other people and and the, you know that I did because I was not feeling enough somewhere deep down so it's like the, there's a lot a lot a lot that is under there you know why why we do that to ourselves so um, if we don't resolve those those um, those deeper things we we're not gonna you know we can rest and recover and feel better but as soon as we back into our life and and into our usual duties we'll we'll be burning out again this is what happened to me many many times again and again you know i was in mm. five years in this in the cycle until i i went through every layer and found every reason every root cause and, and removed all of them and uh, one of them was also the, the fact that i'm neurodivergent that was you know it was making it difficult for me and i didn't know that i was neurodivergent and what my needs are so again understanding my needs better knowing what works for me. Um, yeah, so this, this, is, this is what I do. This is my, I have a few different offerings, but basically everything is, is really about burnout prevention and burnout treatment. Mm. And uh, people can find me. Um, I'm sure you'll be able to, to put links in, in the description. So um, Absolutely. But, but in short, there is, there is an Instagram, Paula Mindfulness. There is a Facebook page, Paula Mindfulness. There is a Facebook group, Neurodivergent Mindfulness, where I share a lot of free trainings and tips. And it's like a community in, on Facebook. Um, and, uh, you know, you can reach out to me um, via any of those channels and, and we'll have a chat. Um, you can ask any questions. And I also very much uh, would like to invite people uh, of the listeners of this podcast 
um i'd like to give you something special um just um reach out to me say that you 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 found me for podcast and i'll be happy to give you a free consultation where we go through your situation and and we'll see what is it that you can do how to resolve it uh, make a personalized plan recovery plan if you need Mm. one and i'll give you some pointers a direction where um what what could help you what to do next that's awesome yeah i uh I'm so glad you're mentioning like the layers of burnout. I think that is so important because it isn't about just the environment. Like you're saying, it's Mm. this, like, what is the root cause? And sometimes it's hard to even get to that root cause without going through other layers and other layers. Cause I very much relate to that perfectionist workaholic type like it's hard to turn it off and wherever I go I have this desire and so how do I work through that aspect and and like that onion peeling back those layers of it yeah Yeah. it's not easy it takes a lot of time and a lot of people I work with they they actually have been through depression some people I work with they they even went to a point where antidepressants don't work for them anymore you know Mm. (laughs) therapy doesn't work for them anymore anti-anxiety mitigation doesn't work for them anymore they they just like they 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 just hit the bottom of of like nothing is working so what do i do so we look for the real reasons you know yeah yeah like digging deep into it it reminds Mm. me sometimes when i like if i'm doing yard work and i'm trying to pull a big root out of the ground sometimes like they can easily come out and other times they're just stuck in there and you have to just keep digging and digging and it takes time and <laughs> like it really I feel sometimes like that like I just feel stuck like what can I do where can I go next and what what can I how can I um have that mental shift and I love how you have those um it almost sounds like with your Facebook groups, is it like accountability as well? It sounds like you have that accountability with others. So I have accountability with my clients. Okay. Um, and with, with the, the Facebook group, um, I, I don't really, you know, um, we don't really do that as, as a group. I mean, okay. people are, are very welcome to connect with each other um, in the group and, and help each other in that way if they wish to. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, as as a as a moderator of the group, I I, I don't really have the capacity to to oh. check in on on hundreds of people and and see how they're doing. Absolutely, um, yes. Yeah. So it's more that private one on one with you coaching yes, with the yes, account yes. with accountability. In in with a yeah with my clients, we definitely have accountability, but it's it's very soft. You know, I don't want people to burn out from the treatment and feel mm. overwhelmed from all the things that they have to do. Like no, it's very simple, small steps, just like really feeling supported, knowing what to do, know, knowing what you know what are the little steps. And uh, the Facebook group is really about um, I put a lot uh, trainings there. you know, I, I record little trainings uh, and, and I, I put them on there so people, Oh, can help okay. themselves if, if they if, if it's not really that a good time for them to to do the coaching they still can get some some value um being on the mm. group and they can ask questions they can share their stories they can support each other 
Uh, I also sometimes share some interesting information, some of my articles um, or some of my special offers that I run sometimes um, for my programs. So yeah, about that. That's awesome. I love that. That sounds like a great resource. I feel like so many people can benefit from that. And I um, and I love that baby step approach too, because like mm. you're saying, you don't want to be burned out by working on the burnout. <laughs> no. no, that's amazing. I love that. And um, Paula, is there anything else you want to leave with our listeners um, as we wrap up this conversation? I, I feel like I can talk with you all day. Um, yeah. Be curious if there's anything you want to leave us with. Yeah, so I know this is this podcast is is um, targeted for moms. So I know it's so so hard um, to be a mom these days. Like um, I'm not a mom myself, but I used to work with babies with families a lot. I think I spent up to ten years working working with babies, working in families, and I know how difficult it is. And uh, I just want to say that you know it's 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 very hard. It's often very unfair. Um, and you're not alone. And uh, there, there are so many statistics out there. You know, somewhere I read that uh, raising children, it's like 100 hours a week job. Mm. You know, it's like two and a half jobs, basically. And if you feel like you're burnt out and, and there's, uh, there's too much to do, it's because there is too much to do, really. Mm. And, uh, you know, nowadays, like we are often doing it alone. Like this is, again, wasn't supposed to, to be done alone. Mm. raising children and um, there's a lot of um, you know also an unfair ways that society treats women and mothers and families and how um, you know I, I don't want to get into the whole wormhole of, of, of everything that is that is hard about being a mom but I just want to say like I, I know you I see you I feel you it's it's incredibly difficult and um, you know I also work with moms and burnout so if you if you feel like you are stuck, you don't know what to do, I can also help you. I love that. It's motherhood, right? Is such a yeah. it's such a beautiful journey, but it's so it is. It's hard work. It's such hard work. And and I love that, Paula. Saying, you know, that it just it feels good to be seen and heard. And sometimes we need that. We, we really do need that. Um, well, thank you so much, Paula. I really appreciate your time. And I am so excited for our listeners to get to know you more. And um, I'll definitely post all of your links on my show notes. Um, so you can access all of that information. And I hope everyone out there has an absolutely wonderful day. And Paula, thank you so much again. Thank you. It was such fun talking to you. And I would like to wish all the listeners peace and happiness. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yes, peace and happiness. Thank you. Thank you.